if men are listening to this right now and you're isolated, and I was terribly isolated, you need to get in the community and not a bunch of guys who are complaining about their wives. Guys who say to you, hey, do you hear yourself the way you're talking about your wife? We want to be the leader of the guys, right? But we don't want any of the pain and the responsibility of being a leader. And you know what? Jesus died for the church. And, and we, husband and wife, are basically Jesus and the church. And we're to die to ourselves for our wives. Welcome to Grace in 30 on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM and streaming at WERA.FM. This is Ed Mellick, and I'll be your host for the program tonight. Tonight's interview is the second half of my appearance on Greg Williams' Breaking the Silence podcast last month. I hope you enjoy it. If, if there's people, and I know there, there are, that's listening, and you know, I picked up on several things that you mentioned that you did that I have been guilty of, oh, please, us, us men. One was I didn't, I stopped and actually listened. Mm-hmm. Uh, how important do we need to, you know, I think sometimes I'm guilty of that today. When, when people need to talk, I'll cut them off and show them my great yeah, wisdom. It's like, why didn't I? And you can't get those moments back. How important is that to just listen to people when they just need to share? Oh, it's, it's insanely important. And in the book, I have a chapter called Insights. Yeah. And, you know, one of the editors that read the book, she said, you have to be very careful that you don't come off as the hero of this story. You know, and, I, and right away I'm thinking, well, Jesus Christ is the hero of the story. Right. So in that chapter where it ends, that you know, where she passed away, the next chapter I start off with five bullet points. I have all her notes here. All her notes are when she was going to counselors and distraught over how I was treating her. All of her notes when she was going to lawyers and capturing the way I was, oh, my, the things I said to her and didn't remember. I have all that. And, and so I put five bullet points down to the way I behave because I wanted to show you, no, I'm not the hero. I'm, I'm a mess. And then I said, it's not me. It's Christ in me. And But then I go into, here's seven core lessons. And listening is one of them. You've heard the expression, show up and shut up. We're no good at that. We have to learn to just show up and shut up. And not only that, we have to be thoughtful. When Diane was weak in certain ways, you know, how many times do we pray that God change poor Diane? I was her name, change Diane. She's suffering terribly. No, he made her this way and it's beautiful in many ways. And, and if it's a weakness in some sense, I, he's made it, he's made this for community. He wants me to come along and fill that gap, just like she fills certain gaps in me. It's a beautiful way, what we see as these weaknesses, to force community. And as my pastor always says, grace, compassion, community, it's the big three. And oh, that's another lesson. If men are listening to this right now, and you're isolated, and I was terribly isolated, you need to get in the community, and not a bunch of guys who are complaining about their wives. Guys who say to you, hey, do you hear yourself the way you're talking about your wife? We want to be the leader of the guys, right? But we don't want any of the pain and the responsibility of being a leader. And you know what? Jesus died for the church. And, and we, husband and wife, are basically Jesus and the church. And we're to die to ourselves for our wives. And we, we don't like that. We want to tell them what to do and, and, and lead them by bossing them around. But we don't want to really lay our lives down for them. So I just challenge listening and also thoughtfulness. 
if you see some weakness or whatever, why is that? What happened early in life that caused that? And how can you be a blessing to that person instead of riding them to change? A couple of big things. Any other life lessons that's in that seven that you really say, hey, wait, I want to make sure that one gets out tonight? Well, the biggest is, is, is this focus on the self right away and not the self on glorifying the self, but on I'm a mess and I'm, and I have an infinite capacity for deception. And right away out of the gate, the more you focus on yourself and you say, God, show me the things you want me to see about me and then give me the power to change. And the scripture says, God's working in us, giving us the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So I would ask him, when you show me these things, give me the ability, the grace to either change them or surrender to you. And if you do that, everything else flows from that. And the second thing is say, God, help me to see these other people, my, my wife, if I'm fighting with her or whoever, with your graceful, forgiving eyes. Again, the same eyes that Christ looked at the crowd. You know, there was every type of person in that crowd, bad wives, bad husbands, murderers, everything, adulterers, whatever. And he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. That should be the goal. So the very first thing is, is that. And then the others are, are basically listening, thoughtfulness, the importance of community. There's, I can't think of all seven of them right, right now. Right. These things are incredibly important. How hard is it to have that prayer and then sit back and keep our mouth shut? And instead of, I have a defense mode, Ed, that if it comes to me, oh, that's not me. And, and I, 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 I Teflon that off. Like, oh, I handled that years ago. I took care of that of me years ago. And, you know, I think it was Andy Stanley. I can't remember. I don't listen to a lot of ministers, but I think he said something about there's one thing that really is a key in life is to find out what you look like from the other side of the desk. Who are you on the other side? And I have a difficult with, uh, difficulty with that. Practice makes perfect. Yeah. And, and, and at first it's going to be difficult. But when you start seeing the power of it, God would give me these little glimpses. And, and it was, there was one point where, you know, a lot of people, when they're getting divorced, they don't know whether to give up on the marriage or not. I said to myself, I'm going to treat you as my wife no matter what. And I went to a men's retreat about a year and a half into the separation, half a year after we signed the papers. And I was still a wreck. And the pastor was talking about God giving us a name. It indicates our higher purpose, and especially with relation to our vocation. And I ask people this all the time. I'm like, what's your name? Like, my daughter's name is Fashion. Diane's name was Autism. She was phenomenal with autistic children. And at the end of that sermon, I stood up and I turned, and an older gentleman, really godly, was standing there. And he grabs me by the shoulders, and he said, God just told me that your name is Diane's husband. Oh. Off the charts. I wept like a baby. But that was him giving me a sign. You're doing the right thing. You're heading in the right direction. Do not give up. And, you know, it took seven years for her to freely say, I love you. She said it a few times, like I dropped my daughter off and I always said going out the door, I love you. And she'd be like, I love you. <laughs> like that. But when we got there's something I did for her. I don't know if you've seen the movie Fireproof. Yes. Because her Cameron did something. He took his money and bought that durable medical gear. Well, I did something for her. I helped her move over a 10-day period, and she had a lot of stuff. And I was the only person that showed up. And we even had a fight in the middle of it. And all I could do when I left was think about going back and helping her. She didn't apologize. It doesn't matter. I said, what do you want from me on the phone? She said, come back and help me at 7 a.m. tomorrow. And I was there. And when that move was over, her heart, she was like, I can't thank you enough. 
I can't, she was so happy. And I worked seven years to get to that point. And then when she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer a year later, I haven't had a formal job in years. And I had the time to serve her. And I took her everywhere. And what a blessing. I told you I found her old notes. I found one note where I said something to her that was so awful. And it was in 2007. And in 17 and 18, she gave me two Valentine's cards. And they basically said, thank you for always loving me and for everything you do for me. What a change over 10 years. I got a feeling that you're you're hitting some uh, some comments here tonight, uh, and I don't know if they're all men or not, but I, I I guarantee you you got into the heart of some people that needed it because it's not just for men, obviously. Oh yeah, absolutely. it just seems like uh, you know, especially when you go through divorce, there's always his side, her side, and then there's the truth, yeah. and uh, it, it's it's always difficult and. Out of the two books that you've written, and um, tell us about the books and what would the prime reader be for each book? And you know, if you need this, this is the one you need. If you need this, this is the one you need. Or I suggest you buy both. But if they wanted to pick up one, what? Well, uh, just tell us about both of those and how they can get that and things of that order. Well, the, the, the purpose of the monumental hug is you know, Hebrews twelve fifteen says, see to it that no one misses out on God's grace. So that's, that's my purpose in life. So I'm evangelizing that grace. So the book talks about sort of this grace journey, how grace healed my relationship with Diane over this period. And I weave that in and out of two other things. I kind of, every three chapters, I cycle in. The other part is just this walk with cancer and what I learned about you know, the Western medicine, what I learned about alternative care and what I learned about biblical healing. What does that mean? And, and so it was those three things I, I talked about. I, I wove in and out of. And the, the healing plunge book is really very dry. It's not a lot of storytelling. I mean, this is for someone who wants to see, they want something at their hand. They want a book. They, one appendix has every single healing account in it. And I have everyone from Old Testament, everyone from New. I have ones that are questionable. And I said, these are the ones I left out of the analysis, and here's why. And I just have, and I have healing-related scriptures. I mean, it's incredibly thorough. And I have things like just data points on everything. I mean, I summed it all up. How many healing accounts were there? There were 51 in the New Testament. 33 of them were individuals that were healed, and 18 were groups that were healed. Some of them are told two or three times. I'll give you a really interesting insight. There were, Jesus never prayed once for a sick person, not once. He didn't ever ask God to heal a person once. Only two times out of the 51 healing accounts in the New Testament was there a prayer. And each time it was followed either by a bold proclamation or a a touch. The healing person was touched by the healer. 20 sometimes, I think it's 28 or 29, there was some sort of simply a proclamation of healing. 22 times there was some form of touch. There was actually more spitting in the healings than prayer. <laughs> spit was involved, and it was Jesus. He used spit three times to heal people. The only time you could say he maybe pray, prayed is when he was in front of Lazarus's tomb, and he exasperated and said, Father, I'm speaking out loud to you. I always communicate with you, but I'm doing it for these people. But then he made a proclamation. He said, Lazarus, come out. He didn't ask for healing. And I think that's really telling. The biggest lesson of the Healing Plunge book is, Jesus commanded us to go, preach, and heal. They were bundled together, and they were a command. And we get all cranked up about healing when we're sick or when someone we love sick. 
but we're not thinking about when the lost or someone we hate, an enemy is sick, and we should be just as, if not more concerned about them than ourselves. And that's the biggest lesson I learned. And the most important type of healing is our relationship with God. That's the most important. And we get so hung up on physical sickness. So really, that's the big thing in that book is everything you can imagine, the tables and everything about you know, healing in the scriptures. Who was the healer? Who was healed? What were the consequences? What were the purposes? You know, did it give a reason for the sickness? Did it give a reason for the healing? All of that is summed up, all that data. And I actually have a free summary of that book. Yeah, I was just getting ready to show that. This, this infogram right here is phenomenal uh, about all the different healings and how, and you break it down. And then your each each page is just great. I love the four squares, the simple view, command view, consider, you know, this is just, and this is all free. You can download and print it off tonight. I noticed the prelude uh, in this about COVID. What kind of caused you to go, wait, we're in a different day and age right now for you to release this kind of stuff. Uh, it could have been the book, but you gave a lot of this away right here. We're people. We're flawed like everyone else. And we, we're, it's all this social media and generating income and selling a bunch of books. And I have tried so hard to just say, I, I rebuke that. I just want to follow what God's called me to do. I've lost a ton of money, you know, doing all this, caring for my parents, caring for my wife, wouldn't trade it for the world. And God has still given me enough money to go several years and feed myself and pay the mortgage. What a blessing. So when I had these books, everyone's telling me, you got to this, you got to that. And I'm like, I don't got to anything. I got to trust yeah. God that we get the message to the people he's going to get it to. And when COVID hit, people were like brainstorming, well, how could you develop this and sell it or whatever? And I thought, first thing I got to do is develop something free. And just be a blessing to people. So I summarized the book in that 10-page document. And I said, this is yours for free. You don't have to buy the book. You don't have to. And I did two other summaries. One of them has all the data tables. And the other one has all the scriptures in one place. So people can buy those for four. I think it's $4.20 or something each. And if you do that, you might as well just buy the whole book. Yeah, but I yeah. wanted to, to make a statement that if you want this information at the highest level, I'm going to give it to you. Because that's really, why would we sell such great news, right? And so that's what I did. The books are for sale. You want to know how many books I've given? I've given away way more books than I've sold. And, and you know, why not? <laughs> yeah. To me, it's a, it's a perfect business card. And, uh, you know, there's hardly ever a time that somebody will call me and, and say, oh, I want to read your book and say, give me your address. I'll drop it in the mail. So I'm not only going to give you a free book. I'm going to pay for the postage to get it there. And uh, I, I love doing that. It's an, I've always said it's not about the money. It's about the message. Yep. And that is the key. Matter of fact, uh, uh, I think everybody ought to go and it's called uh, the Healing Plunge. And you can. I think I downloaded this right off either your website or Amazon. If, the, the, this free pamphlet is at the website. It's edmelic.com. Okay. And that's where you can get people can get the pamphlets. If they want to buy the actual books, they're on Amazon, you know, either in Kindle version or a soft copy. Because yeah. it's all print on demand these days. It's crazy. Absolutely. I bought both of them on Kindle and I, I loved it. And it, it was just fantastic. I, I really enjoyed it. And matter of fact, uh, if you get on my shattered by the darkness uh, dot com, you can go down to the contact page and type in your email and, and ask me for uh, the Hope for the Holidays free book. Uh, it's a little ebook that we gave out a couple of years ago. I'll give that out again. And then loneliness and depression book ebook that I did for Avaya university a couple of days ago. And then one that's coming out in January on fear and anxiety. 
And I think, Ed, what, what's going on in this world? How can we uh, show grace when it doesn't seem like the world's given us any? Although he is, but it doesn't seem like it. <laughs> Here's how we can trigger that. I've been thinking about this a lot. I actually started something called the 627 Club, and it really didn't go anywhere. But, but it's really about Luke 627. Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who hurt you. That's our command. And you know, in Romans 5, when it says that Jesus died for us while we were still enemies, I thought, I wonder if that's the same word for enemies that is in the love your enemies. And it is. It's our identical word. So we were an enemy to Christ, just like we're supposed to love those sort of enemies to us. And, and, you know, it's really amazing. The greatest commandment, and we're failing on this, is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, you know, these are co-equal. They're equally important. And the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on those commandments. So someone at one point said, well, who's my neighbor? You know, they're trying to trick Jesus. And he tells the story about a despised Samaritan. The word despised is in there. And, you know, we all got despised Democrats, despised Republicans, despised, you know, whatever you want to pull out of it. It's a husband or wife could be despised. It could be Black Lives Matter. It could be whatever. We're commanded to love those people. And if you start to, I'm telling you right now, I did it. Diane and I, we were, it was bad at the end of the marriage. We were mega enemies and in a deep way. And yet I loved her and the beauty that came out of it. And it just started to change everything. And I started to practice that with so many other people. This is the tonic for the world. This is oh. it, is the grace of Christ that he expressed on the cross and this radically loving, loving your enemy, the stranger, the people you have contempt for. You know, and this is the, the, the solution for tribalism and contempt and all this division that seems to be getting worse and worse. And I just challenge listeners. I, I give them what I call the most toxic person exercise. Pick that person in your life, the, the one who has a political view you can't stand, the relative you're avoiding, the guy at work you don't want to talk to. Start loving them without wavering. Grace is not only undeserved, it is unwavering. And start doing that without giving up. They're not going to thank you. They're not going to respond the way you want. It doesn't matter. Keep going and watch what happens. I'm telling you, you'll be blown away. Any person that does this will be blown away. We have about three minutes before we got to wrap up. Um, Do you think that this is the time that the church should stand up and go, we see what's going on. It's affecting all of us equally. And to stand up and say, this is our response to this world, to what's going on. And it's to love, forgive, accept, grant grace. What's your feeling on that? I think this should be the greatest time for the church ever right now. We should be what I call race lobbyists. Oh, there there are 80,000 lobbyists. I I think that's the right number on Capitol Hill. It blew my mind when someone showed me a document on and I said, is anyone over there like on Capitol lobbying for people to stand up for truth and justice and kindness and radical love and loving your enemy and all? And the person I told this to is writing a book on conflict. She's pretty well known. She was like, I can't get that out of my mind, what she said. I think if we're, we work for the government, we work, wherever we are, we should be grace lobbyists. We should be promoting this radical that you love people. You know, a couple of pastors came in the show. One of them said, grace is loving someone precisely because they're doing you harm. You do that because <laughs> of that. 
And another, pastor, and another pastor said, grace is the supernatural power to live the impossible life. The, the, the Christian life, our lives should look impossible to people because we're surrendering to that power. Ephesians 3.20 says God's able to accomplish infinitely more than we would ever dare to ask or imagine by his mighty power in us. Let's start living and working that way. Let's do it. I'm challenging everybody watching. Let's do that. Wow. We got, we got about a minute. Do you think this season is the season to understand? It's not just about the baby being born. It's about the amount of grace it took mm-hmm. for that baby to come to this earth, to be born, to die. Philippians, it's the greatest leadership verse in the Bible, Philippians 2, 5 through 8. We should have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had, though he was God. He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. That is our example that we should be living for. And, and for this time of year, this is what it's about. He crossed the chasm. He got proximate. That's the other lesson. He got proximate to us. He shed all that. And became a don't be a human being like we are. Wow. And what an amazing example the Christmas season is showing that. Fantastic. And thank you so much for being with us tonight. And I appreciate you telling me we don't have any talking points. Let's just talk. Uh, that was wonderful. I appreciate it. It's been a, a true pleasure and honor. If there's anything I can ever do for you, and I hope one day I get to meet you. Uh, thank you for sharing grace. One last time, and the, the way to get in touch with you is Ed Melick. Uh, yes. dot com. E-D-M-E-L-I-C-K.com or Grayson30.com. Both of those have contact pages. Go to those and you can get in touch with me. I'd be happy to interact with folks. Get on there and download Healing Plunge and download the free portion of Healing Plunge and then Monumental Hug. Money back guarantee. I, I almost promise you, you will enjoy it. Thank you, Ed, from Arlington uh, area of Virginia. Thank you for being with us tonight. And as Thank always, you. as I close the program out each week, Um, I always want to let you know, uh, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're involved in, no matter what your next week's going to bring to you, lean in. There's always hope. There's always hope. And even, let's just say, even if you don't feel like there's hope, show the grace and the love that we was talked about tonight, that Ed so eloquently revealed to us through God's word. Show that to somebody else. Houston, do it on the highway because we know what we're like on the highways around here. Do it at the office. Do it with somebody that's going to email you and that you usually would write back, delete, type it up again and use grace and have an awesome week. Join us right here next week for Barbara McNally. And I promise you, uh, you're going to enjoy it. Download these two books. Get on shatteredbythedarkness.com and put in your contact and request, and we'll send you some ebooks that way too. Also, have an awesome week. God bless you. Show a little grace, and remember there's always hope. You've been listening to the Grace and 30 radio program on WERALP, Arlington 96.7 FM. I hope you enjoyed my interview on Greg Williams' Breaking the Silence podcast. As always, you can find a recording of this interview at graceand30.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, and Mixcloud. Everybody, have a great night, and be sure to tune into Grace. Sing with me. Greater is the one who's in us. Greater is the one who calls our name.
stronger.